it's a competition clinching shot. Oh, how about that? The LET Golf Podcast, the official podcast of the Ladies European Tour. Good stuff. Right. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the LET Golf Podcast. The 2024 season is finally here. It's the Magical Kenya Ladies Open, the first event of the season. So who better to have on the show to welcome us to the new year, to preview the new season? We have the voices of the LET, Richard Kaufman, Sophie Walker. Thanks for joining us, guys. Eventually, we got there. To argue, but it's taken Richard 35 minutes to get on this call, to the point where he's actually had to come into my hotel room. We don't share rooms normally, no. but we are for this call. Not the greatest at technology, are you? No, this is now the fourth device that I've uh, attempted to, to use... Uh, this, this hopefully will be worth it for everyone that uh, we're finally recording up and running. But can, can we say where we are at the moment, why we're in a hotel room together? <laughs> yeah, just to explain <laughs> to our so, Please do, yeah. I was going to ask that. What, why uh, <laughs> why the um, travel lodge? Because we are, this is the week before the, the start of the season. And actually, we're having a little kind of demo run, aren't we, really, to warm up. For the ladies european tour season we're covering the women's amateur asia pacific now don't want to really go behind the fourth wall but not every golf tournament is covered live at the event most of them are particularly in golf but some of them we commentate remotely so we are commentating from a studio in london from the pictures in thailand so if we start slurring our words it's because we're been commentating very early in the morning, so sometimes when feel a bit jet lagged. Do you feel a bit jet lagged? Yeah, I can't yeah. wait. You know, get back on the LET, get there in person. So yeah. that'll be good. Can't wait for Kenya. So that's why we're here together. Okay, thanks for clarifying. Because I'd expected a more expensive hotel room, Richard. Yeah. I'll be honest. <laughs> you know I'm a cheapskate. <laughs> Come on. And the golf so far, they're only what a day in. But how's it? Uh, how's it going over there? Oh, my Lord, the standard is insane. I mean, these are amateur golfers, and we've been watching, I mean, kids from the age of 12 to 19, most of them, and they are just quite phenomenal. So look out for, um, well, some future stars, and I'm talking in the next year, maybe. Yeah, well, by the time you're listening to this, you may know the result, but one of the players that's in the field is actually going to be teeing up at the Magical Kenya Ladies Open to start the season, Avani Prashanth who I think finished top 10 last year. So she's doing well after day one. So uh, you never know, she might be arriving as a winner. Yeah, almost. Uh, she's like a LET regular now. We had her obviously at the back end of last season. She, of course, won on the Access Series as well. First Indian to win on that circuit. So, yeah, she's definitely one to watch. But before we get into it then, guys, we, we want to go back and uh, sum up 2023, a season which well, had a lot. Um, had a big big end to the season. So many players in the running for the race to Costa del Sol title. It was a, a thrilling end in, um, to the season. Richard, we'll start with you. How would you sum it all up? What events particularly caught your eye? Uh, any memorable moments? Uh, how was it? Yeah, I mean, it, it was fantastic. You know, think back really over the last few years, we had the 2019 uh Order of Merit rankings, race to Costa del Sol, finishing with that amazing Esther Henselite toppling Marion Skarpnord at the end. Then we had the sort of renaissance of Marion Skarpnord in 2020, uh, of Emily Pedersen, I should say, in 2020, where she won all those events. Then we saw the emergence of Attire Titikan, didn't we, in 2021, who then ended up becoming world number one not soon after that. Then 2022 was, you know, the Maya Stark and Lynn Grant show. And then last year was kind of like a, a dogfight, five, six players uh, in the hunt to win the rankings. It was fantastic. And, it, you know, bookended with the Diti Ashok winning in Kenya and then finishing the season doing that in Spain. And in between, I mean, I, I, I should really let Sophie go for standout moments. I've got a few, but I think we probably cross over on a couple of them. Yeah, well, I think... Um... First of all, a couple of tournaments that I really enjoyed. The Aramco Team Series in Florida. I thought the course there was awesome. And to see you know, Trish Johnson win a, a team event, that was pretty cool. Um, I also really kind of... The Aditi Ashok early season story, how that kind of set her up for the rest of the year with a first, second and third in her opening two LET events. I mean, remember she'd lost status. 
and uh, well she hasn't anymore that's for sure and then there was just some moments I suppose that stay with me the Anne Van Dam snapped driver mm. shaft on the playoff at the Irish Open um, I'm, I'm sure we'll maybe talk more about AVD in this podcast but quite unlucky a season for somebody that once again had lost some status um yeah you never know do you like as, as Richard was saying can we beat the year before can we beat the two Swedes going after it can we beat a Taya Titikan that went on to um become world number one but we got Tree Chat Chinglab and I, I just think it was just a lovely story a player that comes on tour with you know not a lot of money in the bank openly admitted that she was you know, playing for a living at that point. And then to come out on top, 24 events on the LEC, fully committed to that. And it really did come down to the last day, that nerve-wracking day for her in Spain. Yeah, for, for me, though, I mean, the, 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 if you want to stand out moments, it's down to Saganda and Headwall in the Solheim Cup on the Sunday. I mean, Caroline's comebacks and Carlotta, you know, in front of the Spanish king. You know, knocking in close at 17 and, and sealing, well, at least winning the trophy, keeping the trophy in, in Europe's hand. Uh, Celine Boutier in Evian. I mean, the crowds and the atmosphere and the buzz about her winning that major on home soil was uh, was absolutely incredible. Uh, and it was nice to hear Mathieu Pavon actually say recently when he won on the PGA Tour how he was inspired a little bit by Celine. In terms of sort of the, the events that were solely Ladies European Tour, Two wins for me stand out. Carmen Alonso finally doing it when uh, when she won uh, in the playoff against uh, Johanna Gustafsson in Finland. And the other one is Christina Napoleava with that victory from seemingly nowhere. I mean, this time last year, I think she was heading off to hospital and not work, knowing whether she'd be you know, playing the game again. Someone that not long ago was playing football in that playoff with Cara Gaynor. Uh, German Masters, that that was really good. So those are, I suppose, some of the standout moments. But as Sophie says, we you know we could chat for about an hour and forty five minutes about all the good events. It, somehow it just happens, doesn't it? I mean, I don't know if you guys, I'm sure you did saw the start of the LPGA Tour season. I mean, what a bizarre final round that was at the Drive-On Championship. With in the end, um, Nelly called a winning. So I, I just love it when tournaments like that happen, where it just goes a little bit crazy, really. He likes the madness. Mm, I do. That's because he's never been a player. As a player, you just want that five-shot victory. You don't want any chaos. Yeah, absolutely. And Sophie, we've had you on uh, the podcast before and you told us your journey into broadcasting. So, Richard, have I never actually asked you this? What, this will be your... What, what season is this you're going into now, commentating on the LET? Honestly, I, I'm not too sure. I think my... I can't remember when the first... Ladies European Tour event I covered was I, I reckon it's at least 15, 16 years of, of, of covering the Ladies European Tour one way or another uh, sorry I can't be precise um, but yeah I definitely go back to 2007 2008 uh, covered the By Ladies Masters Evian back in the day as well um, I'm trying to think I mean the first time I covered Evian for example Helen Alfredson won, so whatever year that was, it wasn't the first one she won, but I think the second. Um, but yeah, I mean, as if anyone's watching this, they can see my grey hairs. Yeah, I've been doing this a little while. He had them before I started working with him, though. The grey hairs, yeah. yeah you got even more just trying to join this call, didn't you? Yeah. Yes, that was very, very stressful, I have to say. But you know, yeah. the LET has, has literally come from no TV coverage to a a highlight show, a weekly highlight show to a nightly highlight show. And, and now so many of them are live. Yeah, because yeah. when I did start first covering the Ladies European Tour in terms of the regular events, uh, it was daily highlights. Apart from Dubai, Evian from a European perspective was televised live, which is why I kind of mentioned Dubai and Evian. But yeah, you know, for, I can remember covering the, uh, the Finnair Masters and events like that, which were which were nightly highlights, which were really tough to do from a TV perspective because you have to edit it and on the day put it all together and then voice it. Normally we voiced it live, not knowing what was coming up in the highlights. Uh, it had to be out by a certain time so that TV stations could get it that night. Doing live TV 
is in some respect far simpler. Yeah, and the golf itself, how much have you seen that sort of change throughout your your uh, tenure on the on, on behind the mic? I think the standard has definitely improved. Uh, not just with individuals, but in depth too. So you have so many players, more so many more players now. I feel, um, and maybe people from you know twenty years ago may disagree, but I'm sure having spoken, you know, people like Sophie or to you know Trish Johnson, Laura Davis, those sort of people as well, that there is greater depth in the in the women's game because it's become such a more global sport as well over that period of time too. You know, there's players from all countries now that have potential to win. And, you know, the standards are are getting better every single year. And, I mean, I love covering women's golf, love covering the Ladies European Tour. It's such a friendly, lovely tour. Uh, everyone's so inclusive. And on top of that, you know, you have fantastic sport, fantastic competitiveness. The standard is fantastic. So, you know, it's just a joy to be around. And since the season ended on the LET last year, coming into 2024, what have you been doing? What do, what do commentators do in the break over Christmas? <laughs> um, Did you touch the mic for a few weeks, Sophie? <laughs> I went back to real life. I've been getting my house done. Um, in fact, the new floor is going down today, which is exciting. I've started playing paddle tennis. That's obviously it's a bit of a craze, isn't it, on the LET at the minute? I've noticed a few of the players getting into it. So um, I've, I've already found out that Saudi has paddle tennis. So I'll be challenging a few of those players. I got a racket for Christmas. Uh, thanks to Edgar, really, he's one of our producers on the television. He told me to to get into it and I did so um been doing that I, do you know what I thought I'll just have a, a, a nice break everything will be fine and I got back in what November and then John Rahm signed for live in December and everybody was like what about this what about this and then I thought January will be quiet and the next thing you know that the golf world lit up again with the likes of Nelly winning Lydia winning so I've, I've been watching been watching but I have tried uh, to do a little bit of normality and back to my my golf coaching just in Manchester so not been abroad. Passport have been packed away. Yeah. I was going to say, we can see the golf clubs in the, in the, in the corner of the, the hotel room. So, can't say you haven't been no, playing. I have been playing. I'm actually going to Titleist this week to get some new bats. So, uh, I'm excited for that. Apparently, they've got these new wedges that basically chip it in for you. So, I need them. Very nice. Richard, um, how about you? Well, I haven't hung up the microphone. I've been working very hard. Um so from commentating on some football matches uh, to being in the studio at Sky covering, I, I did the South African swing on the, uh, on the men's European tour, uh, started this year. I did cover the Latin American Amateur Championship. That I was actually involved with the LPGA Tour event last week, the Drive-On Championship. So also reacquainting myself with my family and my children uh, who I, I assure you are ready to kick me out of the house now. They've had two months of me at home. They're ready to get rid of me. Uh, it's always nice when they miss you, but that, yeah, they're not they're not missing me right now. Um, and watching Fulham? We yeah, went to I've been to a fair few Fulham matches as well, which has been nice. Uh, Taken said children on a few occasions to some of them. A highlight of which was the New Year's Eve victory over Arsenal which I uh, very much enjoyed, uh, being a Fulham fan. Um, so, yeah, been busy. I, I kind of holidays, I've, I've, I haven't gone abroad, but we did spend a bit of time in Wales, a little bit of time in Liverpool, which is where my uh, mother-in-law's from, and also Manchester too. So, yeah, had a, had a really nice time, but I think ready to get back out and uh, get back into it properly. I was going to say, when um, obviously we announced our schedule at the end of last year and then you see the different events, how, do you immediately start planning and going, right, I'm doing this one, this one, this one, this one, this one. I won't be, I'll be away for these weeks, I'll be back for these weeks. Yeah, that's exactly what we do. Um, I've seen the La Cella tournament 
uh, I can actually do this year. Have we both missed it? Yeah, it, was the yeah. Open, it, it clashed was, with the Open last year. You did both miss it, the yeah. Open and, um, well, Liverpool was a little bit wet and the Lacella looked fantastic. So that is one that I've already ticked to be like, get me there. So that'll be a new event for me. I saw it got voted. Did it get voted the best event on the LET? Tournament, tournament of the year. year. That's one that I'm... I think it was Tournament of the Year because we weren't there. So yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, there's the correlation with that one. So I'm excited to go to that. Uh, and new places are off to Korea. I went to Korea in uh, October, November with the LPGA Tour and it was one of my favourite visits last year. So I'm happy to be going there with the LET. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, listen, I'm not knocking it, it's just the way that the, the job is, if you like, call it a job, some would say differently, that we miss certain things. So I know, like, for example, uh, Florida is my son's 17th birthday, I'm going to miss that. It's kind of pot luck if I'm there. I'm, I'm managing to fit. They've moved the Aramco Team Series London and my little boy has his show in July, so I'm going to be able to go to, to see him do that. I'm managing to squeeze in another show and another birthday somewhere along the line, but it's always like, will I be around for birthdays or people's weddings and that sort of thing? Um, but yeah, like looking forward to, to various places. I mean, Kenya's... A, is, oh, a, is all it. yeah it's fantastic you know we know we're heading to a little bit of safari on the golf course uh it's a long journey it's a tough journey to start the year with but uh it's a really lovely place to start the people are just so fantastic and friendly that could be a tough golf course as well if it's playing hard and fast um and yeah we get to you know we get to go to all the various continents uh, as you mentioned kenya we're off to florida uh, new venue this year in Tampa so yeah so much to look forward to all the way going back to the end of the year again when you know we go back to Mallorca and to end the year in Spain yeah, it we're, flies we're by big, we're a big fan of those last two events actually in Mallorca and Spain I did very much enjoy them but yeah it's it's nice to know where you are for the year isn't it I always think it, to get that schedule to be like that's when I start that's when I've got weeks off but once you start rolling on the circus that is the LET they soon uh, Ticking off a few boxes and we'll soon be into the summer. And uh, a huge summer it is as well. I mean, we go Evian, Women's Open at the Old Course, uh, Olympic Games, and then the Solheim Cup. All in, what, a month, basically a month's period, two months' period, uh, July to September. So, Well, yeah, I, I've worked out, George, I think it's five months between the first major and the Solheim Cup, so that's five majors, Solheim Cup and the Olympics, all in five months. I mean, there's some players that have got some schedules to work out to try and make sure they're peaking for those, but it'll be intense, but I mean, how fantastic the, the Olympics at the Golf Nassia now. Uh, another Solheim Cup, so back-to-back -back years. Is that the first time ever it's back-to-back? -back? I, I should think it is. Um and, the, you know, to end the major season at St Andrews as well, fantastic. So, yeah, it's a, a mouth-watering prospect, all that. Yeah, you'll be at all those events, I presume? I'm not going to the Olympics, um, actually. Um, so, no, not the golf Nassia now. Um, it's kind of strange how it works. I don't know if anyone cares, really. But because I... I, I Tokyo coincided with COVID. I was supposed to be doing that. And then when it came back, it would have meant missing the ISPS Handover Invitational and other events. So I told people that I couldn't do the Olympics now that it moved to 2021. And so I kind of moved off that roster. And and I've not been asked, but it's my birthday anyway. So I kind of, you know, if you do want me, I'm, you have to pay me big bucks to miss my birthday. <laughs> I actually looked for the first time like in my golfing life. I'm thinking, oh, I get my birthday off beginning of August because that's normally peak time, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Obviously, we will see you at the Solheim Cup. So just to add on that, going back to back, I feel like, I mean, the Solheim Cup sells itself anyway, but the fact we ended in a tie last year with Europe retaining, I think just adds you know, that extra incentive doesn't it? And it you know almost a chance of redemption for the US team but how do you expect that playing out do you think firstly teams is pretty much going to look the same in your opinion or could we have some fresh blood on either team Sophie we'll start with you yeah I think we'll have some fresh blood obviously um, qualification started 
was like a year and a bit ago now, mm. wasn't it? Um, so probably Anna Palaev Trevino looking at maybe getting in the team. Um, I think I think the, the core of it for both sides will be similar. I think there'll be you know at least eight or so from each team, and obviously the team captains are the same, which will add add to it. I think we could be seeing um, matches. You know, rematches, I suppose, between individual players and pairings. In terms of the uh, US team, I think the likes of Roseanne, Lilia Vu, Alison Corpus, you know, they were rookies. Um, I can't believe I'm saying that about those three players, but you'd expect them to perform better. I mean, Lilia Vu was ranked number one in the world and, and didn't do too much in the Solheim, but that's not unusual. So it's, it's a quite a an overwhelming experience and the US team are a lot feel a lot stronger anyway when they're back on home soil. And then with the, the European side, you know, who would have thought that we'd we'd have come out with a with a draw having been four nil down early on. So yeah, I think I think we 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 look at those seats teams and you think, right, you know, Charlie's going to perform well. Georgia, Celine Boutier, etc. Not, not quite so much, which just shows the depth now that we have in Europe. But equally, I know those three will be like, well, that's not happening again. You know, I'm going to come back, uh, back stronger next time. So I'm looking forward to seeing some rematches. I think Stacey and Suzanne, they're just great captains, massively competitive against each other. But it will be very difficult for the Europeans to win on US soil and. Um, I thought we were favourites going into Spain, but I don't think you can ever be a favourite going to um, try and win a Solheim Cup or Ryder Cup on American soil. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, uh, the, with the teams. Um, there is a chance, and I'm not saying it will be the case, but I think there is a chance that it will be the same 12 for Europe. Uh, I don't think that's the case in the US team. You mentioned Anna Palacciavino, there's Olivia Cowan, you know, so, you know, start of the year, maybe Bronte Law is just about to, you know, re-emerge and have a great 2024. And maybe a name, you know, we haven't thought of that, that's going to come through and emerge. But you look at the picks that Suzanne had, and I suppose, you know, maybe a, the most surprising picks were Caroline Headwall. But then, you know, you look at her she partnership right. with, yeah, she did all right in the side, didn't she? And her partnership with Anna Norquist. Uh, Emily Pedersen, but I mean, again, how well, how good is Emily? I mean, Emily Pedersen to me is, you know, ability to be never mind top fifty player in the world, top twenty, top ten even. That's how good I think she is. I don't think she necessarily always believes that, but she is a phenomenal golfer. So I, I, I wouldn't be surprised, even though there are, you know, Jodie Hewitt, Shadow, other players, and, will, Van and Van Dam, absolutely, that will knock on that door. It's going to be really hard to break into that twelve. For the Americans, I can't see Alison Lee not playing in that team this year. So there's one name that you would think is all but a guarantee now to be in that team. And then there's young players like Alexa Pano, who's already had a runner-up this year, one uh, in Northern Ireland last year that, you know, again, could emerge. I see could see a couple of changes with the American team, but like Sophie says, they're on a US soil. They'll be favourites. But I still think, you know, why not? Four in a row? Come on, vamos. Come on, Europe. <laughs> well, you don't, want, you don't want to get on the wrong side of Suzanne, judging by what happened on Friday night, like we saw in the documentary. So maybe players will be thinking, yeah, let's let's go out and not lose 4-0 on Friday morning. You continue. I keep freezing. <laughs> no problem. Now, I have a question for the, for the pair of you. So... You've obviously been working alongside one another, commentating on golf uh, for years now. Um, Richard, maybe we'll start with you. Is there a moment with Sophie in particular that perhaps stands out? Or has there ever been a moment where that, you know, that, that comes to mind, maybe a, uh, a blunder on air or something to, to cast your mind back? But yeah, I'm just interested... Because we hear you, we see you always have a very good relationship. There's always a lot of humour involved. It's it looks like great fun behind the scenes. So come on, spill the beans. Well, there's been plenty of from me. Well, yeah, it's funny actually. Someone uh, said to me, "You can't quite make out you and Sophie. You're either like uh, like best of mates or like a you know an old married couple." <laughs> 
And it's kind of the same. I mean, it's it, first of all, it's a you know, I, I to be honest, I, I can't I think of blunders. I'm sure there's been loads, yeah. I can't think of any at the top of my head. But what I would say about Sophie, I don't want to blush, is that you know, she she is, you know, I'm not saying this is not the case with a lot of commentators, but there are plenty of commentators that you know are there to do the job, you know, they're there because you know, it's another means to earn a living. With Sophie, I feel like. She loves the game of golf. She's so invested in it. You know, if she's not, you know, commentating on it or playing as often as she can, I know that she's watching all the golf on the PGA Tour, the, the DP World Tour, the LPGA Tour, uh, whenever she can. So she's, you know, she's a, like I am, a, a golf addict, if you like, you know, who loves everything about golf. And, and I think that comes across in her, in her commentary as well. There's, you know, I know... You know, with some people, you kind of have to push them into the right place as a, a commentator, you know, for, for your co-commentator. With Sophie, I know, you know, she knows what she's talking about and she knows what's required, the discipline as well of, of commentating too. Um, we, you know, I think the whole point is that if we do make errors, <laughs> we do need, you know, we, we can bail each other out, really. I think that's the the ideal way of having a partnership. And, you know, now and again, you know, give each other a hard time too. I remember this this year, um, Solheim Cup. So what Richard does, he, he writes the opener. So, you know, the titles will roll and, and he's got it written in front of him and, you know, he goes into that, like, cinema voice. And we were both quite ill the first few days of Solheim, mm. like, you know, there's obviously something going around quite coffee, and he starts coughing on like 10 seconds, nine seconds. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to have to take the opener at the Solheim Cup. <laughs> so I was just like giving him water, like, come on, Richard, you can do this. And like, he, he, uh, he took it from me. But I think that when you say about moments on air, I have far more moments with him off air. He's the, the safest pair of hands I know on air. I've never felt more comfortable that things won't go wrong. But off air, nothing goes right for this man. <laughs> I mean, you know, remember when we were in Kenya last year and you went to check in and they and you didn't have a flight? No, that's right. You went yeah. to leave Kenya and he went to check in and his flight from Mombasa to Nairobi wasn't booked, but his flight from Nairobi to, to London was. And the, the, the poor guy's face when he saw it. So it's normally logistics I there's always a story there's you. always a story yeah um on air if even if things are going wrong you know i'm paddling hard underneath um people you know my professionalism make sure that no one knows on air you know listening when they're back home watching on tv but yeah there's always something <laughs> happening i always got to, you'll never believe yeah i think i think you know obviously richard's was the first person that i really started commentating with so um, he set the bar really on what I expect from a, a lead role, um, and that is to be safe in the you know knowing that they're not going to throw you under the bus, knowing that you know they know all those stats about where their world rankings are, what they've done in the past, etc. And I think we balance each other out well. Where I I go out on the golf course and I learn about all of that, about the breaking putts, and a bit more about what the players are working on, and he gets all the all the info. Yeah, for me, golf, you know, Sophie can tell you, you know, the whole point, I know if someone's got a tough lie, you know, I, I could have a stab at it. And if I had a tough lie, I probably would have a stab at it quite literally. But I know that Sophie knows how that shot should be played. So Sophie should tell us, you know, you know, what's going through the golf is mine. For me, it's about storytelling. So it would be easy to say, you know, the Czech Napoleon or, you know, his Northern Ireland's are living in Mahaffey, but it's, you know, when people are watching, I want them to care as much as you and I, and, you know, hopefully people listening to this podcast, if they're listening to the ADT Golf Podcast, I assume they care about the stories and the things behind the game. And I want those stories, like, you know, Nicola and you, George, as well, when you're writing, to emerge. I, you know, I want to know a bit about the background, the whys. How did they get there? You know, what's their story been? And it's incredible how many times there are just the most in incredible stories that emerge uh, on the Ladies European Tour every single year. Um, and it's funny because the players themselves don't realise how pertinent and, you know, sometimes moving their stories are because they've lived it. So it, it just seems the norm. Um, 
I think in terms of, you know, like, like going back to the, the question, to keep, I know, in order to keep Richard happy, just make him a cup of tea, make <laughs> it builders strong, no sugar, and there you go. Just then let him go and talk for a few hours. Yeah, if sometimes if you hear a little bit of background noise um, in the commentary, I'll give this one away, shall I? It's because I do bring my kettle with me. And no, you would think, you know, commentators, people are bringing this, this, that, and the other. No, it's all self-service. <laughs> so I stick the kettle on. I'm making the tea while I'm commentating. All, you know, and I do bring the old biscuit too as well. Yeah, and we were in Saudi at the end of last year, and Kate Burton was part of the team. It's easier in a three because you can rotate in and out. And she, she said, she always does this, tea, tea. So she goes, I mean, it's because he brings it back. And um, I took one swig of it, and she said, it's camel's milk. And I was like, Phew. Thankfully, I wasn't on air at that point. But um, yeah, I'm not, not the biggest fan of the camel's milk. But oh, it was right. He drank it. Yeah, of course. He don't even have milk, really. So. And what was your first event together on the LET? Do you remember? Kenya, Kenya. Yeah. 2009. That's the Hensler. Wow. I mean, I rocked up in Kenya and I was this is some setup. I went to sit down um outside in in our area is what you could call it so i don't sit there i was like what do you mean and they pointed up to this biggest spider you've ever george, seen george you'll get to see it next week I was oh, like, I we'll oh, show you next fine. week george it's fine <laughs> oh yeah you're <laughs> yeah but the thing i would yeah george i would say that you're you it, that was because that was at the end of the year i think the spiders don't really come out big style the time he, you know, now that we're in February, okay. I think it's he knows everything. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I when I'm in my hotel room, I'm kind of really, really wary, especially the first year I was there. I mean, I'm, I'm so worried I'm going to tread on something that's going to not be pleasant <laughs> to me. Um, but yeah, Kenya was the first. I mean, and what, how about that as an introduction to, to commentating? Just to, you know, I know I touched on it before, but what was it, 62 in the final round from. Esther head so like she was yeah. how many behind was she? I mean Julia Engstrom, wasn't yeah, it? Julia yeah, Julia Engstrom, unfortunately Julia now I think has she put, I think she's actually stopped playing, hasn't she, mm. Julia, because of her, her back injury. But yeah, Engstrom looked like she was gonna win it. Esther Henslight had to win to win the rankings and shot that fantastic final round and I felt bad for Marianne, but you know, what a win for for Esther. Um, and that was your introduction to live golf commentary. I mean, that was so exciting. It was a, it was a fantastic way to, to begin. Yeah, so Kenya's always a pretty special event then, and great way to start the year. Because we're back, aren't we? So pretty good, pretty good. Yeah, I mean, as I say, George, after that, you know, just the $5 million event in, uh, in Riyadh to look forward to, and, you know, an incredible field again going to be for that one. So, I mean... What a great way to start the year, you know, the, the on-course safari that is Kenya. Yeah. And me, was it 64 rookies this year? You've got Very me doing good. my homework, haven't you? Having to learn all these new names. Yeah, Nicola's got all the stats. I don't know how many... There's, so we've got... There's how many new countries? 43 countries this year, countries which is a record for LET membership. And then we worked out that there's like four new countries plus like three or four returning countries. So there's, yeah, there's more people than ever, basically, on, on the LET from, yeah. <laughs> Lots of stories for you, Richard. Lots of stories for you. Yeah, and you know what? I know, you know, I, I, some people call me sad, but it's my job. So I, I always prepare weeks in advance because I've got other things going on. You know, I'm commentating on Arsenal Porto in the Champions League in a few weeks' time. You know, I've got all these events coming up, various other things that I do that I'm trying to do as well. And so I prepare a few weeks in advance, start beginning. And I was looking at, for example, last year's Kenya Open ahead of knowing that I'm doing this year. Uh, Johanna Gustafsson started 8-7 to start her season, ended the season, player of the year. You know, she was five over par for two holes. Trishak Chinglab missed the cut, ended up winning winning the rankings. You just don't know. I mean, obviously, Aditi won that and then ended up winning the final event of the year and getting into the world's top 50. So you just... You know, we always lay importance on the moments that's that event. You just don't know the twists and turns. If someone has a poor start doesn't mean it's not going to be, you know, the most magical year for them to remember. So, yeah, just it's interesting looking at, especially a course like that, Kenya's. I mean, it's a tough course to start the year, especially if 
you know, some of the Scandinavians, other people have been practicing with snow on the ground and having to hit balls indoor. Yeah, it's uh, it's very warm. There's a lot of crosswinds in in Kenya as well that come off from the from the ocean. And yeah, like Richard was saying, you're dealing with uh, excessive heat, and you probably only put it on a mat, a putting mat in your in your room at home. And and there you are having to go on tour. I think a lot of them have, have both been over in the Middle East trying to get some reps in. But there's nothing like that feeling of, of getting your scorecard in your hand for the first time. But I tell you, you don't want to be stood on that 10th hole in Kenya as you're opening tee shot, that left to right wind, and all you're seeing is is the trees down that right-hand side. Well, it's been a very popular place for many. But it, it's a tough... I think it's a real tough opening few courses. Well, I suppose Riyadh's a bit of a change now. We didn't get any wind. But to go from the, the one in Kenya and then we've got Morocco in the... Um, couple of weeks after it actually suits more of a um player like a dt ashok you know a, a straight accurate player and then the good news is about the let now you know 30 odd events they've got courses that fit so many others but if you uh, i mean we only saw you know with pia badnik last last year i feel like she started on those tough tougher golf courses and it, it kind of knocked her confidence because she is that driver uh, give me driver and I'll whack it you know it's 300 yards and you just can't do that in Kenya yeah but come on then Richard you just said uh, you like to do weeks of research before going into an event so going into this season who's a player perhaps to keep an eye on who's a player that could break through um, who's a player that could rekindle some form let's uh, let's hear some of your picks well I don't know what her schedule is going to be like, but I mean, this is hardly a, a plucking of a name, but Kiara Neuer, um, it'd be interesting to see how she performs this year. You would feel she's starting to mature, even though she's still very young and still a teenager, but you'd expect her to have a good good year. I mean, looking at some of the players that are coming back that are established ladies European tour players, like likes of Gabs Cowley, Kara Gaynor, you know, Manon de Roy's back, for example, you'd expect them to have good years. Of the new names, I mean, I have seen Annabelle Fuller play. I've watched her play in the Curtis Cup. But you've, I take it, Sophie, you've seen her up close. I mean, there's some high expectations that, you know, she's going to be someone who has a big year, I, I would think. Yeah, I've worked a lot with her at England Golf, part of the you know, sisters. Sammy Fuller, um, her older sister, she now works on the DP World Tour as part of the production. But, you know, long been said that, you know, Annabelle's the one that wants to be world number one. Um, Sammy, great golf, but didn't quite have that drive. Incredibly fit. I mean, if you follow her on social channels, she could do CrossFit, never mind hit golf balls. And, you know, it'd be nice to see the new age of English golfer come through, the ones that's been inspired by Charlie and Georgia um, from Roehampton down in London. And has got has got an invite to Saudi. And we all know that how that can really change somebody's season. I remember Cara Gaynor, uh, on De Roy, doing well in that $5 million event. And then the next thing you know, they're, they're booking business class tickets. And I think we always think that um, tour pros travel in style. But they don't. A lot of them are back Comment, in... Commentators set, definitely yeah. don't. <laughs> no. No, you're travelling in economy, um, a lot of night flights, will your bags arrive... Maybe you can't afford a caddy for the year, et cetera, et cetera. But going well in, in that um, second event of the year can, can really set you up for the season financially and performance-wise. Um, I'm looking also to, to see, um, like you were saying about players coming back, the likes of Bronte Law being kind of full-time on the Ladies' European Tour, seeing how they go with just a commitment to one side of the pond. Yeah, and there's a couple of Spaniards as well, Luna Sobron is uh, committing to the Ladies' European Tour. She's got over a few injury issues. And another Spanish player, she's had a few injury issues that we've seen a little bit of. Uh, I'm really impressed when I saw it was Fatima Fernandez-Cano. Fernandez yeah, yeah. Good, good player, really good player. And, and, you know, one of the players that... I always have this talk about who did we lose to the COVID era and, and you know, that type of player. You, you wonder, mm. don't you if we've missed out on them um but luckily she she's back so george i think we've mentioned enough names and we yeah. must get one of them right one of them. oh good, yeah so come on then i want to also get some predictions because sophie i remember last year i posed this question to you i said come on let's hear a big prediction for the year and i think you said that charlie was going to win 
at Walton Heath. Now, we know how close that prediction uh, it came to nearly coming true if it wasn't for the just world-class quality of Lydia Vu uh, in her way. I mean, she didn't do much wrong. So 2024, you did a good prediction last year. What's what's this year got in store for us, you reckon? Okay, I'm going to I'm gonna pick... Uh, I'm going to do the Women's Open again. I'm going to go with DT Ashok to win the AIG Women's Open. The old course. She's won around... Yeah, won around the old course a few times and you need experience of playing around that, that golf course. She's got it, winning experience. Um, what yeah. story that would be. Yeah. I know, yeah. That's that's mine then. Yeah, well, and as Cam Smith proves, you need to be a very good putter around there. So. won the Silver Silver as well. She has got a, a really strong record. She's definitely won the scent rule. Interesting. Um, I mean, I'd love to see a European winner in one of the majors. Um, and... I mean, I say surely, it doesn't mean it is going to happen, but Carlotta Saganda, it's, I mean, she doesn't win enough. I mean, she, when she comes to Europe, she, she wins plenty, but on the LPGA Tour, she doesn't win enough. I just, Evian, she's shown she can win there. I, uh, you know, with some of her performances a couple of years ago, she finished, I think, third. She knocked on the door a few times in America at some of the majors last year as well. I, you know, she, there's no doubt she's definitely ready to take the next step. We know, you know, I've already spoken about in world golf now, never mind on the ladies' European tour, so much depth, you know, so many players now that can win. And we see that every year with, you know, players coming through like Rodin Yin last year, Lilia Vu, that you're just not sure, you know, you can't guarantee anything. But after what she did at the Solheim Cup and how close she has been to getting to those majors now, I think. I, I, my prediction will be, I'm not sure where, maybe Evian, but uh, Carlotta Sigander's turn. Yeah, it'd be quite the redemption story for her as well, if it is Evian after last year for Carlotta. So. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, yeah, better not get disqualified. No, Carlotta, no, but yeah. But yeah, I mean, how just going back to Boutier winning that, I think that's got to be probably my moment of the year being there. Those crowds in France, Evian, I mean, it was just incredible, wasn't it? Yeah, you know what? I don't know what Sophie's take on it is, but I mean, I, I listen to a, a fair few podcasts. Of course, I always listen to the Ladies European Tour podcast. And I've listened to a little bit of Lexi Firstling uh, as well. But there's always, I was going to say damning praise, but there's no praise at all. There's always a, a little bit of niggle towards the Evian Championship as a major. And Look, I don't get to play the golf course, and I know some of the players don't like playing that golf course. But first of all, it looks fantastic. Second of all, the crowds there make it feel like a major. It's the only major now that we go back to the same venue every year. And if you look at who wins Evian every year, it's what you would term a top quality. You know, it's very few surprise winners there. It's always a top quality player. I just think that it. it because, you know, it's not in America, because it's not necessarily a golf course that everyone, you know, is a big fan of. I, I think it gets criticism that it that it doesn't really deserve. I love I love going to Evian every time, you know, breathing in that air, looking at those views. It's He likes the fantastic. champagne tent. There's a champagne tent at Evian. <laughs> And, uh, after every round, well, and the beer, like, and the beer as well. Yeah, I mean, I say there's so much to like about about Evian. I love it. I love going there, um, and I think that some of those, you know, there's one or two players that you know, Lexi, Stacey Lewis, that now don't turn up. But I think the new wave coming through for them, Evian's as big a deal as any uh, as any of the other majors, really, because they weren't there when it was a, a non-major. So I think it just becomes the norm for them. I don't know. Do you, do you feel that? Do you get that sense from some people that they sort of turn their nose up at it? Yeah, I do. I, I think the movement of it to September really hurt it mm. because they caught some bad weather over there. Now it's back in July. I think that's that's great. I also think Evian is a place or a tournament, like you just said, George, you have to go. You go and it does change your feel of it as a fan um, or a player, etc. And And I've can't stress the importance of European majors like that, that's that is great we've got five majors it's not going to change so you, you know as a player I'd be thinking well I've just got another chance to win a major 
Yeah, very well put. And I think even with, with Boutier winning has just heightened it even more. I think it's now, you know, the 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 coverage that that got because of her winning has only helped to elevate it, hasn't it? Um, and how her coming back this year as defending champion in her home country. I mean, what story that's going to be again, off the back of the year she had. Yeah, and, and it's a nice lead up to the Olympics as well. So the, the focus from, you know, the locals, French the French press and the French supporters will be, be quite concentrated for a couple of weeks, which is exactly what is needed. Very good. And one each for you then uh, for a prediction. L.E.T., well, we'll call it the order of merit because we haven't officially announced the new name of our race yet. A location. Um, Where are we racing, George? <laughs> we'll soon find out. A location. So it will be revealed. But yeah, if you had to pick a name, <laughs> pick a name now. Who's winning the race next year, or who's a player who's going to be a contender for the race? Come on, I want to hear. I want to hear one each. I'm going to say Anne Van Dam. That's a good shout. Because I mean, she's committed to LET. Yeah, she? I mean, I hate being wrong, and I've got no idea. Um, I've got no idea. It, I mean, I've just mentioned Carlota Seganda, and I know she'll play, you know, some of the Spanish events when she can. I predicted her to win. Yeah, she wins a, a major, and she will win it. Yeah, she? so. I, so based on that, I'm going to go with, with Carlotta. But I mean, yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? If a European wins a major, then the race to Costa del Sol well, Celine nearly did thrown it, wide yeah. open, yeah. doesn't it? You're going to have to play as good as Tree Chat to uh, and play as much as Tree Chat. But Anne Van Dam, I mean, how she didn't win a yeah. an event last year. Her play was so consistent. You know what a talent. Um, so I'd love to see her win the, the rankings and that. If she does, then she'll be knocking on the door of that Solheim Cup team, that's for sure. Yeah, well, that's her big goal, speaking to her in Mallorca. It's, I want to stay on the LET, I want to play in the Olympics, and I want to play on the Solheim Cup. And she's, I think, almost chip on your shoulder, and that dam is as dangerous a player as anyone out there. Um, I mean, she's motivated to do it. So, yeah. And she was she's... only, what, she had three runner-ups last year, Nicola? And I, all of those could have, could have, could have, you know, could have gone her way. And she gets a win, she wins the race, and suddenly it's a completely different conversation. So, Yeah, but then again, you know, also for it's easy to, to kind of look back on what happened last year. And in the game of golf, even a different day, is, it seems just like a new day, a new start. When it's a new season, you know, sometimes you can just rip up the playbook of last year. Um, of, of some players, but I think just because yes, she didn't absolutely. win, she's not going to rest on her laurels. And in terms of the uh, new players that we've got on tour, Sophie, I, I will not throw you on the bus. This is more aimed at Richard. You've already said Annabelle Fuller, so it's fine. Um, of the new names on tour, uh, who do we think will be up there in the Rookie of the Year standings? Yeah, it's difficult because I have. Yeah, I haven't, you know, really seen their game up close, so it's it's based on their performances. But there's a couple of Swiss players that are coming on tour: Elena Musman and Chiara Tambellini. Tambellini really intrigues me, having looked at her coming out of the University of America, and you know, she only started her season in June, and she managed to finish third on the Axis Series. You know, I think her and uh, Musman went head to head at the Rose Lady Series event in England, and I heard really positive things from people that were for there about her so as I say I haven't seen her game up close personally but based on that I'll, I'll go with the I mean you are about correct. I say Swiss players yeah I was going to say the fact she played 13 access series tournaments and was in the top 10 10 times and then obviously also won like very very consistent player <laughs> so yeah and, and also turned the chance to play in the Swiss Open. She had an invite for that on the Ladies European Tour and said, no, I want to commit to the Access Series. And she definitely finished in the top three that week to kind of consolidate where she was. So it shows that, you know, she's thinking about the step-by-step processes of being a tour professional. And the ones that have played Access Series and, and gone through it that way, I, I really like that way of kind of going on a development tour, learning to be a tour pro that way. 
uh, and then coming out on tour because suddenly, you know, the practice round booking, the getting caddies, the beginning of the flights, etc. It's just so much easier and the way you're looking at the order of merits to see how I'm getting on or what events I'm in and what events I'm not. You actually get a really good category, don't you, being doing so well on the LET Access Series. So the players yeah, absolutely. you and about it's there, been shown that um, into, the players coming from Access have been getting better and better every single year and actually we've expanded it this year so there's an extra card up for grabs on the access series and now it's the top seven uh who will pay on 2025 so more opportunities more chances but basically because people people have proven that it works yeah 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 and i think nicola to your point is when we see that in kenya we've mentioned how many you know dozens of new players there'll be in terms of rookies. Ladies European Tour, more than, say, the DP World Tour, PGA Tour, and many of the other tours, there is this high turnover because the categories are done as such that if you're not in the top, what, 60, you're then behind the players in Q School and the players that come through an Access Series. So those players, I don't know how many of them are there, it must be nearly 40 of them, that, you know, even if you finish 71st on the rankings last year, you're behind these 40 players that have come through Q School and the, the Access Series. And it means that you do get that fresh feel to the tour every year. And it doesn't mean if you finished outside the top 70, and I bring up Christina Napaliava again, you know, you still will get those opportunities, especially in the first half of the year, that if you, you know, can perform well, that you, you'll get your car back. But it does give the opportunity to those that are starting out on a new faces to really get their feet under the table um i just one more point is just the obviously we had three players in the top 20 from q school who were amateurs when they were competing in q school so as we've mentioned annabelle fuller was one of them uh we've also got shannon tan from singapore and then also danielle dutois from south africa so there's the three of them and danielle's actually really good friends with cass we spoke to her in q school um, they've kind of grown up together, similar age groups. So um, it'll be interesting to see how that is. But to your point, Sophie, like the difference between coming in as an amateur, having played college or having gone to university, gone a different route, and then coming on tour versus having played, what what do you think uh, those three players <laughs> kind of have to experience when they come in? <laughs> I not wait to see Annabelle Fuller's face as she gets to Mombasa Airport and goes, what? Like, I mean, she went to school in Florida, as I say, plays out of Roehampton Golf Course. That is a, a very much welcome to the European tour, isn't it? And then you go to the next one in Saudi and, and things start stepping up in terms of, 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 the, of the series, I suppose, that Aramco have, but also that $5 million. Um yeah, the naivety actually of an amateur can work out really well. Like, you know, there's no fear there at all, seeing it as a bit of a free hit. But then if it doesn't go well to start with, you haven't got that experience of being able to turn things around. And then you do start questioning your abilities. Did I turn pro too young, et cetera, et cetera. Well, you had that with Lily Mae Humphrey, didn't, yeah. didn't you originally? You know, another player who ended up winning. Yeah, so... Um, I think it's it's a massive learning curve for those for those three players. But from watching a great deal of amateur golf with the role I have with England golf and, and what we've just been seeing this today, um, watching the WAP, you know, the the golf game's certainly there. That's there's no question there. But it's all the logistics that come behind it. I just hope that those three bring out a parent with them, a caddy just so they feel um, they've got that little bit of home comfort for them because it can be quite lonely out on tour. Do you think we should be asking Nicola and George who they think is going to win the, uh, the rankings? Yeah, are you, allowed, are you allowed to? Being paid by the LET? Can we... Nicola, I'm going to say who's going to win the uh, I, these two wherever we're going. I and have a George, rookie, but I think I know... Oh, rookie. You decide George which one wants to take the, know rookie, what I'm say. take the winner. Dan and Tam, my rookie of the year. Yeah, she she at Q School, she is solid. <laughs> She's absolutely solid, and yeah, she again she actually came to Q School. I'm sure you'll talk to her next week, Richard. But she came to Q School and was not going to turn pro, 
was absolutely not going to turn pro because she's only in her second year of college and then did so well <laughs> that she uh, contemplated it and has decided mm-hmm. to turn pro. But yeah, she'll be coming out with her dad on tour. Um, but her favourite phrase is about boring golf. That's the golf she plays is boring golf, greens, fairways. That's what she does. And yeah, I just saw her at Q school and I was like, you're one to watch. So she's my potential. <laughs> so, so we need what are her odds? Genuine. <laughs> I was gonna say you need to put her in a group. Sure. We need to put yeah. her in a group. <laughs> See what happens. Who says she's incapable of playing boring golf? So <laughs> let's pair them together. Yes, um, I'm gonna go different with the rookie uh, to Jungmin Hong, who is in the top 100 of the Rolex rankings. She got a place at Q School. Um, there were two spots open for players in the Rolex Top 100 can go straight to final stage. Um, so it was her and Perini Delacroix. Delacour. Um, so she's ranked inside the Top 100. She's already won on the LPGA, and now she's committing to a full season on the LET. So we'll see her out in the first event. We'll see her out in the second event because she also gets a spot. Unlike many of the rookies who can't play in uh, Asli, she gets to play because she is Top 300 in the world. So keep an eye on her from South Korea. I think she could be She'd be very good if she if she does commit and does play the whole year on the LET, which I think she will because she missed out at LPGA Q school. So yeah, we're gonna have her for a year. She's one to watch. But yeah, Shannon Tan again. I was going to say, just let me gonna, write that down. I'll be, uh, there you go. <laughs> very good. That's going in commentary. Yeah, got you covered, Richard. That's what we're here for. So thanks, George. Thanks, Nico. And the I mean, and the overall race. I think Ahmad Dan's going to have a good year. I've said that uh, on several occasions, so I won't, I won't change my tune there. But who knows? I mean, Trish at Sheengrab, we'd never have called it last year. I think I looked back and she, of her first four events, she missed three cuts, didn't she, on the LET. She then, then didn't miss another cut until the AIG Women's Open, um, which is, you know, first, first time playing that or second time playing that, first time as a pro playing that. It's understandable. So who would have thought she'd go on to win the double? So you never know who's going to emerge and from that, we, we, we often look just at the top 20 from Q School who made it. I mean, you look last year, we had Sarah Shelker, who was in the 21 to 45 category. We had April, who was in the 21 to 45 category. Both end up finishing top 20 in the rankings. I mean, Sarah Shelker could have won two, three times on tour. So you never know where the next star is going to come from. And I think that is the beauty of the LET, as both of you have alluded to. Yeah, good, good shouts. Good shouts. Good. Right. On to this quiz then, uh, guys. Now, we just just want to remind people <laughs> listening and watching this that, you know, we, we've been up really early this uh, morning, so the brain isn't functioning as it should. You know, get those excuses yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, anymore? No? <laughs> That's enough of an excuse. It took you four, de- four devices to join the not, call, Richard, so... Yeah, we, I will promise not to, to, to Google or anything. We'll... we'll... This should all be in, this is in both of your heads, somewhere, so if you just see that. <laughs> now I'm going to, so I'm going to, uh, I've got a series of questions okay. here. I don't know how you want to do it <laughs> for sort of buzzing in now that you're sat next to each other. So maybe if we have a, like a, if we have a buzzing word for the, for the pair of you. Well, we could do <laughs> Fulham and Liverpool maybe. Okay. Right, I'll start off. Might be the first time Fulham will beat Liverpool in a while. <laughs> right, let's move this so I can see you and read the questions. There we go. Look at that. Perfect. Right, so this is mostly on the 2023 season. So testing your knowledge on last year's brilliant season with Trisha Sheenglab winning the double. So question number one. Back in Finland... Carmen Alonso obviously made history. She finally joined the winner's circle after 19 years on tour and 251 starts. But which player has the most LET starts without a win? Liverpool. <laughs> yes, Sophie. Yes, Straight in there. Very good. It, can I get a bonus? Is it 327 <laughs> events? 328. Oh, that's very good. And she just, uh, I think I put that start. She now, she now has the most birdies in LET history as well with like 3,000 and which she 
which she achieved yeah. this season, didn't yeah. she? I think it was... Uh... And she's the fastest walker on the Lazy European <laughs> Tour as well. That she is. Um, now, this one, there's a few points up for grabs, so I'll see how you do. You were both there. So, and this was quite recent. So, uh, Aramco Team Series Riyadh, obviously, Alison Lee absolutely dominated the field and set a series of L.E.T. records. Which records did Alison Lee break and equal? Around the series, team series, Riyadh. Oh, Richard, I mean, oh. Fulham, wherever. Um, <laughs> she equaled the most birdies. Yeah, so she had 261s to 260. start, so that was the lowest 36 hole tally. She finished 29 under par, which equaled the most under par on the Ladies European Tour. She didn't get the lowest number, did she? Because that was Sarah, was that right? She missed out, didn't she? Was Sarah thirty? I think she tied it. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Sorry, is the question any of the other records? She yeah. She... There's two. You've got them all. There's but there's two more that she also equaled, um, which was actually on the first day. Birdies in a row. Yes. Yeah, got that. Eight in a row. Was yeah, it? Yeah, okay, I said that. Got it. Sophie's got, got it. it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you said the low round record, right? Yeah. I that. And the 36 old 61. Yes. Very good. Very good. That was, uh, yeah, we were just, uh, Nicola was just updating our records, mostly because of that weekend. Um, So (laughs) it's all now up to speed. uh, That's now available to you, Richard, so you can have a great look through. I know know you're reading up the Bible anyway, don't you? So it's okay. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So we'll give you, we'll give you, we'll give you, but we'll both give you points. Point each for that, yeah. So we'll call it 2-1. Right. Cast your mind back to the Amundi Evian Championship. Georgia Hall became only the fourth player in LET history to do something. What did she do? Fulham. Richard? She parred every hole. She did. 18 pars in a round. Good knowledge. Straight in there. (laughs) Right, 2-2. Next question. So... We're at the KPMG Women's Irish Open. Tamila Tarning Sondabu has an incredible comeback with a round of 62 to eventually win in the playoff. But how many shots did she trail by heading into the final round? Sophie. Oh, Liverpool. Yeah. Go on. Was it 11? Fulham. Uh, Richard. 10. 10, uh, 10 shots behind. Nine behind. Nine? She shot uh, 10 under, didn't she? Yeah, 62. Yeah. Close. Very good. Um, wow, what a win. Well, that was, that was, I've got to say, that that event, the finish was amazing. The, the round from Smelia was amazing. The crowds, and we just, we love going to the uh, yeah. the Irish Open, KPMG Irish Open. New venue this year, so they got a lot to live up to after the last couple of years, but I'm sure they'll do it. Yeah, yeah. You met, we mentioned earlier that Lasea was tournament of the year, but I heard that was a, that was close second, so that was that was up there. Uh, right, two more to go then. Um, Ash Buhai returned to LET action back in March. She won her home event in South Africa. How many LET titles does she now have? Are we including a major in that? Or mm, yeah, yeah. Event, yes. Three South Africa. I think she's got four South Africans Were they all L.E.T.? She won in Portugal and she won won another Catalonia or something like that. And then she's won the Women's Open. A bit of a trick, actually, because it wasn't uh, always L.E.T. when she won. Uh, Oh, the South African Open, maybe. So it might be five, then? Is that that the final answer, Sophie? Yeah. Yeah, five, five. uh, I was going to say, she would be on the phone. (laughs) She'd have had me if I didn't get that one right. Right, we've got one more. Yeah. That's why <laughs> I've chucked like it in the there. Of the League Cup all over again. You know, Liverpool got a lead now. Even if Fulham score late on, it really won't matter. Right, one more, and then I've got a couple of who am I's just to, just to break it up. So, with... George. With, anyway, sorry. With 11 Eagles, who had the most on the LET last year? Uh, Fulham and Van Dam. No, Sophie, it's back back to you. Oh, I I think I know. Actually, go on then. 
Well, no, the only person I can think of because she had, I think, three and close. She's like, two days was uh, Gabs Cowley. Close. She is second. So who's got most? Come on, Sophie. Finish it off in style. <laughs> she is a big... Well, they're all obviously going to be a big hitter, but she is a big hitter. No one's good. Uh, it's Cassandra Alexander. Pass. Yeah. Pass. Pass. I God, I said it before we started, didn't I? Yeah. yeah. Right. And then we got. Oh, what's mm. that on the scores? Do we need to go to us at my Sunday? So I think we build a caller. <laughs> we need to do it quickly. I think. Yeah. Sophie's anyway. ahead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think Liverpool won that fair. Yeah, Liverpool we won, won that it. One. We can save these. We can save these. They're pure tiebreakers, but I can. I can save them for another time. Don't you worry. Right. I think that's that's everything. Chat for over an hour. Excellent preview. I hope that's tasted the appetite for everyone heading into the new year, which begins in Kenya, guys, isn't it? So, absolutely. Yeah, can't wait. Good. Now get you some tan lotion off. Back to 50 at least, right? I've been told by everyone now I'm going to get sunburned. So, yeah. Looking forward to that. Richard, Sophie, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for joining. Richard, thanks for the perseverance. We got you on the call in the end. It was all worth it, wasn't it? So, Yeah. Come on, Sophie. It was worth it, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it. I've already sat next to him for four hours. Uh, right, we'll let you get some food. Enjoy the golf. Uh, see you in Kenya. And everyone, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we'll see you next week as always. It's a competition clinching shot Whoa. how about that the let golf podcast the official podcast of the ladies european tour <laughs>